Oh, this is a fun one for me. If you did not listen to Plant Protein Part 1, you need to go back and start there so you can get a solid intro to how much protein we actually need and how to get it from plants because then you can come back here. And today I'm going to answer some of the most misunderstood and pretty interesting questions when it comes to protein and plants. Like, do you need to eat complete proteins or what about incomplete proteins? What's the actual truth on soy? Do I need to use protein powder and what should I use? What about collagen? You definitely don't wanna miss this episode. Hey there, welcome to Be Well With Steph, the podcast, the show for women who know that personal wellness can be an actively pursued goal and who are ready to tackle building healthier daily habits with a little bit of good humor, a little bit of grace, and a lot of coffee. I'm Steph Jenko, your holistic nutrition coach and your host, and I'm here to help empower you to create and maintain a healthy lifestyle you love, a lifestyle that gives you the strength energy, and confidence to go after your wildest dreams. Okay, first let's tackle the difference between complete and incomplete proteins. All proteins are made up of amino acids. I remember being a kid and learning that the definition of amino acid was the building block of protein. I did not realize as a kid how much I would grow up to talk about amino acids as an adult, but here we are. So amino acids are the building blocks of protein. Some amino acids your body can make on its own, and we call those non-essential. You don't need to eat them in order to have them. But there are nine essential amino acids. That means there are nine of the building blocks of protein that you need to consume from your diet in order for your body to build protein. Different plants contain all different amino acids. There are some plants that are rich in certain amino acids and really low in others, and there are other plant foods that are rich in those and low in the other ones. So we do need to consume a variety of whole plant foods daily in order to consume all the amino acids that our body needs to build protein. But you can do that really easily by eating a relatively varied diet of whole plant foods. There are a couple of exceptions to this. Quinoa and soy products, for example, are both complete proteins all on their own. They both contain all nine essential amino acids. But other plant foods we want to eat um, in variety and in combination. There was this old school idea, and I remember this because when I was growing up, my mom was vegetarian, and there was this old school idea that you had to eat them together in the same meal. So for example, that rice was really rich in some amino acids, And beans were really rich in different amino acids. And by eating rice and beans together, you could consume um, a complete protein. While that's kind of true, you would be um, consuming all of the essential amino acids by doing that. You don't have to eat them in one meal. Our body is able to store to some extent. So you can eat rice for lunch and black beans for dinner, and your body's going to know what to do with those building blocks all on its own. So the take-home message is, yes, you need to eat a variety of plant foods in order to 
consume all of the essential amino acids, but you don't need to consume them all at once or in the right sort of combinations. Just eat a regular varied diet and you'll be just fine. When it comes to soy, there are a lot of questions and misconceptions. So I want to tackle a couple of them right now. One of them is that people believe that a lot of soy contains GMOs or is is a GMO product. GMOs is a genetically modified organism, and most GMO soy that is grown in the United States and in other countries, but most GMO soy that is grown is actually fed to cattle. So if you are consuming um, beef of any kind from your local grocery store, it's possible that you are consuming GMO soy in that form. If you're worried about GMOs, you can buy organic soy products, tofu, tempeh, soy milk, all come in organic formats that can um, be stamped with your seal of approval that they do not contain any GMOs or GMO-related food products. And then you can take that one right out of your head as a concern. So don't worry about soy being genetically modified in any way. We do want to consume soy products just like every other food or every other food product, we want to aim for consuming soy products that are minimally processed. That's the same for everything, right? We want to consume wheat that is minimally processed. That means that it has fewer things added to it and that it doesn't have the good parts stripped away. The same with soy. So you might find soy oil or soy protein isolate in the list of ingredients on a food that is not as nutritious for you. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about whole food soy-based products like edamame or very minimally processed ones like tempeh or tofu or soy milk. The biggest concern that I hear surrounding soy is that soy contains estrogen. So let's clear that one up. Soy does contain estrogens. They're called phytoestrogens, phyto meaning plant. Soy is not the only product to contain phytoestrogens. Other foods that we commonly eat like wheat, Berries, oat, rice, um, carrots, apples, those all contain forms of plant estrogen too. The cool part about phytoestrogens is that research shows that they seem to mimic or enhance your body's own estrogen. Eating phytoestrogens does not add additional estrogen into your body. So Whether you are male or female, your body has estrogen and it is used for a variety of things in your body like um, heart health and blood vessel health, building strong bones. It's um, supportive for brain health and for hormone and mood stabilization. Estrogen plays an important role in everybody's body and research shows that phytoestrogens actually support this in a really healthful way. Um, There is not a link to soy causing breast cancer. In fact, research shows that soy um, improves breast cancer rates. And you can see this very clearly as an example in Asian countries where uh, minimally processed soy is consumed regularly. Women there are five times less likely to develop breast cancer as well as other chronic diseases than they are in the United States. So Research does not show that um, soy interferes with the development of men and boys in any way and actually shows a lot of good. So if you have been afraid of consuming soy, 
you can um, rest assured that the research you are reading or that people are referring to is old and was inconclusive and that we have done there's been a lot of research a lot of studies and I'll link a couple of them in the show notes for you to help put you at ease a little bit more but as far as protein goes you can maybe try experimenting with adding edamame or tempeh or tofu into some of your favorite meals I'll quickly share with you here a couple of my thoughts about protein powder. While I don't think that protein powder is necessary, and I do think that you can get all of the protein and amino acids that your body needs from consuming whole plant foods, I do recognize that protein powder can be good for a couple of reasons. One, it's convenient. So if you find that you're on the go a lot, that smoothies or shakes work for you, that you're in need of some additional calories, that you um, know are balanced, if you are just in need of a little nutritional support, or if you are always on the go and you're in a hurry, protein powder made into shakes and smoothies can be really convenient as a meal replacement tool. If you are working on building muscle mass and you are actively strength training and you find it helpful to get extra protein and calories that way, then that can be great too. Um, So while it's not necessary, I understand that it could be helpful or convenient. I, of course, would recommend gravitating toward plant-based protein powders that contain few added ingredients, not extra oil, not added sugar. Um, I particularly like ones that contain uh, some kind of probiotic or digestive blend because, in my experience, protein powders can cause a little bit of bloating or digestive discomfort in some people. So by including a digestive enzyme blend or probiotic blend of some kind, I definitely see a decrease in those types of symptoms. I don't use protein powder all the time, but when I do um, on occasion for those reasons I mentioned, because it's convenient or because I'm particularly putting an emphasis on strength training, I prefer the brand called Kos, uh, K-O-S is how you spell it, Kos. And I'm not affiliated with them in any way. It's just a brand that I like and use. I've used for years. Um, If you are local to Western New York, it's the brand that I carry in my store, Wellness in the Village. And it's just something I found to be a reliable quality product from um, a a source that you can find third-party testing on, which is really important because supplements, including protein powder, are not regulated by the FDA. So it's a company that I find to be reputable Um, organic. They use sustainable farming practices, which I really like. And they also donate meals with every purchase. They donate and feed hungry families. So it's a company I really respect and cost would be the brand I would recommend if that was something that you were looking for. The last protein related topic I want to address today is collagen. I get asked about collagen all the time. It's kind of a, a hot topic, a hot supplement and really being pushed through by like uh, supplement marketing companies and fitness marketing companies. We're really emphasizing collagen. Let me tell you what collagen is first. If you're not sure, collagen is the structural protein in connective tissues. So it is the protein that builds muscles, but also ligaments, tendons, and is found in our skin. And that's one of the big um, strengths of collagen that's being toted right now is its ability to improve skin elasticity. And there's a little bit of reliable evidence that that could work. There could be a little something to the fact that taking collagen supplements could improve your skin elasticity. Uh, There is not reliable research to say that collagen does anything for um, muscle growth in general or for weight loss or anything like that. Um, But it it could do something for your skin. 
there is not a vegan or even vegetarian source of collagen because collagen is literally structural proteins of connective tissues. So if you're looking to um, eat a plant-based diet or maintain a vegan lifestyle, collagen is not really an option. Um, I don't think that it's necessary to take collagen anyway because your body can produce its own. So what we can do to um, maintain a plant-based diet, to nourish our bodies, to help our bodies build muscle and connective tissues appropriately, what we can do is give our um, cells the appropriate tools for building. Just like we mentioned before that amino acids are the building blocks of protein, this particular type of protein in connective tissue can take a couple other factors, a couple other ingredients. So to build collagen in our bodies on our own, we need strands of amino acids. Our body also utilizes vitamin C, polysaccharides, silica, zinc, and copper. These are like the components of collagen. So by eating a balanced diet, by being ensured that we're getting appropriate levels of vitamin C, by making sure we're eating um, enough minerals, maybe by supplementing our diet with a multivitamin, our body's going to be able to produce the collagen that it needs for its own connective tissues and skin elasticity. I do have some vitamins that I would recommend if you are looking at supplementing your vitamin C or if you're looking for other ways to increase these particular polysaccharides. Polysaccharides are strands of carbohydrates and they're commonly found in condensed versions in aloe vera. So um, I can recommend supplements that together could help support your own collagen development, aloe supplements, vitamin supplements, and of course you're going to eat your balanced diet of complete proteins and amino acids, so you'll be okay there. So if you head over to my website, bewellwithstuff.com slash favorite things, there you'll find links that can take you to some of the sites I would recommend exploring for things like aloe supplements, vitamins, and also if you're interested in topical supplements for skin elasticity, there's also a collagen boost serum that I would recommend that could also benefit you in that way. I really don't think that there's any need to be consuming the connective tissue of other animals when we're perfectly capable of making it ourselves. We just need to give our body the tools that it needs. I hope you find some of this information as interesting as I do. Again, you can check the show notes for links to some research. You don't have to take my word for it. And also links where you can find some of the products I enjoy and would recommend to you. If there are any other trendy nutrition topics or myths or buzzwords or supplements that you want me to take a look at or talk about, please send me a message at in, on Instagram at BeWellWithStuff, or you can always email me, Steph at BeWellWithStuff.com. I would love to tackle more of these topics for you in the future. Thank you so much for listening to Be Well With Steph, the podcast. When there are a million things that you could be doing, I appreciate your choosing to hang out here. And I am proud of you for continuing to work on your own wellness journey. I invite you to head over to BeWellWithStuff.com for the details from this episode, my blog, upcoming events, and lots of other resources. If you enjoyed today's show, I'd love to hear from you. I'm Be Well With Steph everywhere you like to hang out on social media, so come on over and say hi. Until next time, my friends, 
Be well. 